Hi, I'm Vanessa, a birth and postpartum doula, the modern doula. It takes a village to raise a child, and we built a village for you. In this podcast, we bring together leading obstetricians, mums, midwives, and more to empower you through every stage of your journey. Let us together develop a personalized approach that embraces the fact that no birth is the same. Each mother and baby's journey are unique and special in their own way. On this episode, which is the last episode for season one, but we'll be back soon with season two, I have one of my best friends, Anya, who shares her journey through pregnancy and how it changes. Um, We talk about a red blood disorder that actually appeared um, um, during birth, actually, through, and it's an interesting story, so have a listen. Also, We talk about what it's like to have a baby in NICU and being rushed off and um, experiencing that journey, not only for you, but for your partner as well. So we cover a lot of um, parts on this episode. Some parts may be a trigger warning for our parents or pregnant women that are needing to go through um, the NICU, but it's also an inspiring one because you will get so much out of this. And I'm honoured to have spoken to invited my best friend on and share her story because it is a unique one. So happy listening, guys. Thanks. Hi, Anya. How are you? Good. How are you? Everyone knows at the start of the podcast, I've introduced you as a long time, one of my best friends. So I've got you on the story on the podcast today to share your story of your motherhood, you know, your three pregnancies and they're all different, (laughs) but you have one big denominator that developed throughout your journey, which we'll talk about today. So thank you. So thank you for having me. (laughs) (laughs) Don't feel nervous. It's okay. It's like us having a chat over the phone. So just, it'll be all good. Now, my question is that I'll start off with, you've got three brothers. I do, yes. Yes. And what are the age gaps? So my first is 10. Um, I had a little girl, um, so 10, almost 11. Um, Then I had another baby 26 months later, a boy, and then a five-year gap and another boy, um, Leon, in 2020 in the middle of COVID. Right. You were like right in the heart of COVID with your last. Yeah. I remember when I had my second and last, yeah. <laughs> in COVID, I remember you came to visit me in the hospital That's just right. as lockdown was about to like literally like within days of happening, mm-hmm. I had Adrian and you didn't know you were pregnant. Yeah, I know. It was <laughs> funny when we discovered that. I was there visiting you and not knowing I was pregnant myself at the time. Yeah. That was such a surreal moment, like just being in there visiting you and, and then all of a sudden none of that was allowed. Afterwards. Yeah. And it's interesting too, I think we always joke about and look back that you were pregnant through your whole, like through COVID mm. to the point that when we came out of COVID, people were like, you, you had a baby? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember um, coming to kinder pickup to pick up my middle child yeah. and um, people were like, is it? is it yours? Or like when I went Who's to pram? school, yeah, like all of a sudden I I wasn't pregnant and then I show up with a baby in a pram and 
yeah, it was so many months of lockdowns and people not even realising that I was pregnant um, yeah, throughout I, that time. I remember, did your mum, your parents, and did they ever say you're pregnant? Uh, no, like at the start, um, then... At about five months, mum saw me from a distance. Yeah. Um, and then the next time I saw my mum was when I got her to come over and mind my eldest two so that I could go and have my third baby in the hospital. Oh, that's yeah. right, because of the lockdown, because yeah. care was another whole. Yeah, yeah, 5K yeah. radius. <laughs> <laughs> Licence yeah. to be able to come and visit. Yeah, so you can yeah. So um, I guess I kept my mum or anyone close to me up to date with basically belly pictures, um, which was so weird given that I could get in a car and drive for 15 minutes and see them. Yeah. Um, so it's such a surreal experience, I guess. And looking back on it, um, as much as you can time a pregnancy, which I know you really can't, we were thinking what would be a good time to have our third baby? And it was when... Because obviously there being the gap. So what's the gap with you? So middle is... Eight. Yeah. Yeah. So he was five when I had Leon. Yeah. Um, and we sort of thought, oh, good, our middle child will go into prep and I'll yeah. get this amazing um, maternity leave with one-on-one time with this baby that I'm going to have and enjoy that moment, yeah. um, which didn't happen. I he was born and we were in lockdown and, and I was homeschooling school. two kids <laughs> and trying to manage a newborn and, yeah, yeah interesting. <laughs> so there, I've got you on because your pregnancy, you've all, you've delivered in the private sector. Yes. Public and then back into back, the private yeah. sector. So there was a whole different change in yeah. your journey. Yep. Yeah. Um, and you've had three natural births. Yes, all natural, yep. And you've had three inductions. Correct, yep. Yep. <laughs> Um, and I'll talk about that. How did you find, you know, being induced? Like, did you, were you afraid of it? Um, I guess when I was induced the first time with, um, Sienna, I was, I was ready for the baby to just come out. Um, and it got a little bit hairy at the end where, uh, my blood pressure was extremely high and it was basically if I didn't go into labour that night, um, yeah. I was to come in and get induced the next day because it yeah. became unsafe for myself and the baby. So yeah. for me, it was just healthy baby at the end of the day. Um, so I didn't really think too much about it. Yeah. Um, if an induction was going to happen, it was going to happen. Um, so Sienna's 10 now. Yep. Back 10 years ago, I, I suppose on social media, it wasn't such a big thing about birth. No. Did you um, find? I don't remember it. Not really, no. no. Um, I mean, you knew what an epidural was. Um, I did all the birthing sort of pre-classes at the yeah. hospital. So we knew what it meant to have an epidural or the gas or any kind of injection um, to help with pain relief. Yeah. Um, we, I knew that you could move around on a fit ball and to relieve some of those yeah. aches and pains pain. during con- contractions. Um, but that was pretty much it. You were sort of, you felt like you were educated enough in that space because... Well, you're in the medical industry. Yeah, and, uh, you know, a theatre and a hospital isn't new to me. I, I visit hospitals on a daily for work. Yeah. Um, so it's not foreign. It's not a foreign concept. Um, and, yeah, it was just a matter of, for me, getting that baby out safely. Um, yeah. So I guess I put everything else aside and thought, well, I'll try and do this naturally, but if I'm induced, I'm induced, yeah. Yeah, and so... How did uh, Pete, your like your husband, find the whole? Well, the first time's always <laughs> different. You've had yeah. three, but how was he when it was like um, baby day for the first time? 
Yeah, well, it was funny because I still remember watching like... He's very chilled in yeah. the best of times. But, you <laughs> know, when the, but when you're thrown into a medical setting... <laughs> yeah, so I guess I was told I can't eat um, and I remember sitting there watching The Biggest Loser on TV <laughs> really? and they offered him a meal and I was like, what? <laughs> um, but no, he was good. He was a good support. I guess um, he would say that you're sort of, you don't know what to do and how to support and you're yeah. just sort of thrown into this situation and you try to do the best you can. Um, but I think it got to the point where Sienna was sitting very posterior. Yeah. So the, the labour process was taking a long time and I wasn't dilating yeah. very quickly at all. Um, I remember asking uh, the doctor, you know, how far along and she's like, you're only at three or four centimetres. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I think he felt a bit helpless at that point. Um, Did he change each birth? Uh, I think by was the third we were pretty fear? relaxed. Yeah. <laughs> by the third he's like, oh, yeah, no, I'm yeah. Doing, I could deliver this yeah. baby. Um, yeah. Well, I sort of asked for the epidural when it got to the point where I just wasn't dilating yeah. and it was already quite a few hours of labouring. Yeah. Um, so... You know, he was really good in that and trying to keep me really still to get the epidural in. You um, had the epidural for all three, right? Uh, first and third. First yeah. And so, third. Oh, Ollie, you didn't have one. No, it all happened too quickly. <laughs> <laughs> it was all just over and out within an hour and 13 minutes with Ollie. Um, so there was no time for anything. Um, with Sienna, I wanted to go in and do it as naturally as possible and yeah. then realised I'd reached my maximum at a certain point. Um, and, and you're with, an athletic person. Yeah, right? uh, you know, I try to be, you know, <laughs> fit and healthy. I was still, people laughing at the gym with my first baby that I was going to have the baby on the treadmill. I was still in there at 36 <laughs> weeks. Um, but yeah, you know, you try to stick to, and I guess fitness for me is a mental thing as well. It lets yep. me, you know, chill, relax, um, makes me feel good. Yeah. Um, and it's something I can control as well. Yep. Um, I guess with pregnancy, as you'd know, there's a lot of factors that are just way out of your control and they just happen. Yeah. Um, so fitness and being able to move my body and feel good about myself and what was happening, that was the only part that I could In control. All three? Yeah, with all three. Um, so that was the constant throughout and it gets me through, I mean, even day to day, like mum now. of three, yeah, you can imagine it's quite chaotic. Um, I know, and there's working. times like I see you on the treadmill at like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, where are you? And you're like, I'm at the gym on the treadmill. It's like 8.30 at night time. Yeah. Like I've just gone because the kids, Pete's got the kids and I'm on the treadmill. And Yeah, it's you know, a bit of downtime and time to Virgin catch up. River yeah. as you catch run on, on the treadmill. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. But I suppose you've got to find your outlet and, yeah. you know, it's something that yeah, yeah. I'm sure Pete would know that when you're a bit stressed that he would say go for a run. Yeah, yeah, house. exactly. He'll know right. that you need to go exercise. <laughs> yeah. So the reason I've come on and you wanted you to talk about your story, so you had a natural birth with Sienna and mm-hmm. all went well yes, deli- yep. at delivery. Yep. Um, but your second, everything sort of changed for you. Yeah, so um, I had Sienna, um, we went home, everything was great. Um, we started talking about, you know, possibly having a second baby. Yeah. Um, I did fall pregnant relatively easily with the second um, and I thought oh, I'll just go and double check and do a sort of a dating scan at around seven weeks at the time. Um, So I went and did that. My GP sent me off for a blood test um, and she called me, um, which 
is something I've never, ever had a GP call me before. So I thought, oh, that's a bit alarming. And she said to me, look, you've got these anti-E antibodies. And I was sort of, I was concerned. I didn't know what it meant. Um, I remember asking her, is the baby going to die? And she sort of just said, look, I recommend you going through the blood bank at the Royal Women's Hospital. Because you're, that's why, so you went private the first. Private, yes. Second, you didn't. No, we because went. Because your health insurance. Is this right? Like it was a time frame. Yeah. So I think it was a few it was a few weeks like discrepancy. Yeah. Um, and the GP had sort of advised me to go down that, you know, be in that blood department at the Royal Women's Hospital. Yep. If something was to go wrong, they've got everything there. Um, you know, so for me, sort of being scared about what could potentially happen. Um, so and whether, this is all at seven weeks. Yeah, I thought, well, Had I'll you do that. seen anyone else? Pro- no, no, no. I didn't even think to get a second opinion or anything yep. like that. I mean, it seemed pretty clear cut. I had these antibodies yeah. um, and I had to be to looked after. You. Yeah, yeah. Um, they said it was going to be a high-risk pregnancy. Um, we didn't know what that meant at the time. And being, I guess, in the medical field, I sort of... I can deal with those kind of emotions to a certain extent. Yes. Um, but then knowing that you have to, you've got your partner, your husband that has no idea when it comes to anything medical yes. and just trying to manage their emotions as well. Um, so so that, at this point you didn't understand what the anti No. E, yeah, yeah, anti to make e. sure not say anti-D because that's a yes. whole other thing which yeah. we'll talk about. But anti-E. Anti-E, and yeah. And you're like, so like, yeah. yeah, so that uh, what they said to me at the time was you'll just have to be monitored um, from around about 16, the 16-week mark, um, yeah. regular blood tests um, for me. And you didn't have this the first time? No. So from my understanding, there must have been some kind of mixing of blood through my first pregnancy, Should whether it was d- during the delivery, delivery or during when something from the baby passed through the placenta into my blood, yep. my body's recognised it as being foreign and made these antibodies. Which is coming from Pete, your husband. Uh, so, yeah, it's a, like on a, from my understanding, again, it's the rhesus factor antibodies that sit, antigens blood. that sit on the red blood cells um, and there's millions of them. Yes, um, I ended up creating these antibodies against the big E's that my husband passes on, which is all very normal. Um, It happens all the time. Um, And that's why for anti-D, if you're a blood, a positive um, or a negative blood type as a mum and your partner has a positive that would give you an anti-D for that same reason, which is an injection they give you throughout pregnancy. Yeah, and there was nothing they could give me for an anti-E. Um, so Is it, it was, rare? Uh, well, in terms of, they say around that, I don't know, 15, 20% of women have it. But I think in terms of affecting the fetus yeah. and the newborn isn't as likely. Okay. Um, so it really depends, um, I think, on how strong those antibodies are okay. um, and how they can affect the baby on the inside as well as once they're born. So they sent you off to the blood. Yeah, at the Royal Women's. So yeah, so I do? got 
quite regular blood tests. Um, and then to, what do they check? Just what levels? Like my TETA levels. Okay. So um, every time it would double this particular number um, and we'd watch for it to make sure that it wasn't getting too high or whether it stayed at a specific level for a certain amount of time. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I did was go in for regular scans of the baby's head. So yeah. checking a blood vessel within the head to make sure that that wasn't showing any signs of anemia. So with this anti-E, um, babies are at risk of developing anemia. Um, so my antibodies wow. cross. Wow. Yeah. Wow. In utero. It can yeah. happen, yeah, yeah, in utero. So from the, I think from about 16 weeks pregnant, um, the my antibodies can cross the placenta and start attacking the red blood cells of the baby, yeah. which then in turn leads to anemia. Um, and if their levels get too low, that's when you may need a blood transfusion on the inside. And they, all they had to do is via blood. Did they end up doing any amnio or anything like that? No, no. nothing, yeah. Um, so when I had my second, um, we were all quite, you know, unsure about what was happening. Um, but in the end... How often it, did you have the blood tests? I think it started off every month and then it got... Every, a lot sooner every fortnight than it was every week towards the end. Um, so, yeah, my veins got quite thick <laughs> in terms of being poked and prodded. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if it was something that I could do to, like, you know, to monitor, you you know, as a mother, you, you can do, bear that. Yeah. It, yeah. Um, it's always harder once they're born and they're getting blood tested. So when I, I just, it's interesting, when obviously then you were referred and this was all happening, I know mm. it's been some time, but did yeah. you have any counselling or any understanding to know no. you were just going through the process? Yeah, yeah. Um, look, I tried not to Google. Um, I Googled a lot um, in the past <laughs> and, you know, and you you try to work out what went wrong, what you did, what you didn't do. So yep. with this, I tried not to Google. Is Peter Googler? Um, a little bit, but I don't think he tells me as much as what he looks up. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you can tell from a person's face if they're a bit yeah. unsure or a bit scared of what, what's to come. Um, for me, it was a day at a time, a week at a time, scan at a time. Um, and I was just trying to be really positive and go, well, I've got this far. We're, we're doing this. This is going to be a healthy baby boy. It's like you're... You know, when you're on the treadmill, yeah. like five Ks in, you're like, we're doing this, we're yeah. doing another five. So you just had yeah. this mental chat. Oh, it was. And it was like, it wasn't even that you go into like work mode. Like, you know, when you've got your work hat on, yes. you've got your mum hat on, um, you know, they're interchangeable sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes it's a mix of both. For me, it was just about being strong and getting through it um, and basically having a baby, a healthy baby at the end of it. Yeah. Um, so sometimes I'd go in for a blood test and my levels were stable and I was like, yes, you know, yeah. we were doing well. And other times I'd be like, oh, no, like it's doubled again. It's doubled again. Um, I must admit the Royal Women's were, were really good. Um, I pretty much saw, um, I'd say two different doctors at the time. Yep. Um, I didn't really see midwives through any kind of program. It was all very much, um, one-on-one. -on -one. Yep. Um, and they were really good. Um, I sort of, I planned to work a little bit later into my pregnancy, but, um, my blood pressure, that was another thing. My blood pressure tends to creep up towards the end of my pregnancy. Yeah. So there's always that risk of... Were you still exercising? I was, yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for my downtime. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I finished up at about 35 weeks pregnant um, and then I had my second at 37 weeks at and that had time. another induction? 
another induction. And you said it was fast. With yeah, um, I was given some gel. I w- got told to go downstairs, have some breakfast. And by the time we walked downstairs, I couldn't even sit on the chair because I could feel something was happening. Really? And the baby had already like dropped because he was still sitting quite high. Um, but he was so a good size. He was. He was three point eight kilos. So at um, thirty at thirty seven weeks and three days. Yeah. Jeez. So had I gone full term, it would have probably been over four. <laughs> <laughs> and so you went downstairs and then what happened? Yeah, so I um, I went downstairs, I sat down and I was like, oh, this doesn't feel right, you know. Um, and Pete's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? I go, I feel like something's happening. I couldn't, I could only sit on the edge of the seat. I couldn't like sit properly. Yeah. Um, and then I couldn't eat anything. Yeah. I was like... You know, and I st- stood up and tried to walk back to the lifts and one of those auxiliary ladies was like, oh, love, you better get up upstairs again. And I was like, but I couldn't. At that point, he was dropping more and more. Were you having, con- or was it just yeah, pressure? I, yeah, it was pressure, but then I started to feel these contractions coming yep. on. Um, and it's like he dropped and literally paralysed the left side of my body. Like I couldn't walk. So we got to the lifts and we were about a metre and a and half away. Calm. He's yeah, he's like, should I go get you a wheelchair? <laughs> I'm like, I can't get on the lift. Like I was just standing there and the doors were opening and shutting and I couldn't walk. Like I was just waiting. Was anyone helping you? No, no. <laughs> and then like, he <laughs> managed to pass a joke that I'm just going to borrow that that trolley. You know how the guys come and deliver this, Coke cans and stuff? Yeah. And he's like, we'll put you on a trolley <laughs> like that. Um, but anyway. It's not a time to joke. No. And um, he came back and he said, look, there's no... Um, there's no wheelchair, so I'm just going to have to try and semi-carry you. So um, he did, like, we sort of got on the lift. He semi-picked me up and I got upstairs. You're in a maternity hospital, guys. <clears throat> Where is everybody? Yeah. Where is everybody? I got upstairs and they're like, oh, there's no room, there's no room, like no birthing suites available. Um, and then I went into, like, another room and I started counting my contractions and I said to my husband at the time, I said, they're two minutes apart. Um, can you go tell the nurse that my contractions are two minutes apart? So he left and he came back. And by this time, I'm quite teary. <laughs> and he was like, oh. Where are you? At the, at the women's, like no, on that where, level. But were you in a, birth, in a room? It was like a consulting sort of room. It oh, had like a bed. A, one of their triage Sort rooms. of, yeah, yeah, like a waiting area. Like when they check you, obviously, before you go in and get admitted. Um, and then he came back and I go, did you tell her I'm two minutes? And he goes, oh. <laughs> I didn't tell her that. I go, you need to go back. Um, what did he do? So, yeah, he went back again because I was like, ah. And then the, um, so the nurse came chilled. back in, yeah, and she was like, you didn't tell me she was crying. Anyway, they put me on a wheelchair and I went Bless straight up Pete. to birthing he, he suite. probably just went around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure he told her, <laughs> maybe not to great detail, um, but I went straight up and I literally you know birthed this baby Bless, in an hour. You know, partners and husbands. And they're looking at, and you probably were very contained. So he's, they probably said, how is she? And he would have said, she's fine. <laughs> so they probably didn't think that they needed to come in. Yeah. yeah, well, I went upstairs and I was like, I want an epidural. And they're like, it's too late for that. This baby will be here really soon. Oh, my goodness. Um, so, yeah, he was born very, very quickly, um, unresponsive when he came through. Okay. Um, Code Blue was called and they got him sort of, up and running again, I guess, yeah. so to speak. Um, but it all, it yeah, it all just happened really, really quick. Originally, when they told me I'll get some gel, they told me that I'd have to come back and probably have some more gel and it might take a few hours. But Were they going to put the hormone drip on? 
Yeah, well, none of that was, it was just all gel came down, (laughs) everything just sort of happened, baby came out. um, So with the condition, was Ollie, like what happens after Yeah, so um, they did a blood test on him and said, so he was okay for day one, day two. It was that night two that they did a blood test overnight. Um, They sort of woke me up when the results came through and they said his levels are too high. He needs to go in one of those um, isolates with blue lights on. Um, Just like what they do for jaundice. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. So they woke me up. I don't know what time it was. I was on my own being a public hospital. Um, But also because we had a baby at home, like Sienna being two, I also wanted him to be there with her. Yeah. Um, So it worked out well. Um, in that sense. But yeah, they literally wheeled my bed out to make room for this cot for the baby and so did they stripped the blood, him down. The the blood centre beforehand. Yep. Did they explain what could happen post delivery? Um yes, like so they said he might need some kind of treatment under lights. Yep. Um, but because he was born, he came out, we clothed, we dressed him and he was okay. Yeah. Um I just didn't even think too much about it. I thought, oh, wow, you know, we got lucky. Um, And then when I think about it now and look back on that second day when you have visitors and the baby just sleeps and sleeps and sleeps. um, And the only way to get rid of this antibody in the baby's system is to feed them and to feed them a lot. Um, So he did sleep a lot and maybe, and then you kind of think maybe I should have woken him, maybe I should have fed him more, all that sort of stuff. Um, But yeah, he was put under the blue lights that night and um, yeah, and we basically just sat there with this intense blue light in my room. Um, At the time, no one said I could open the blinds as well. So the room was quite dark with just this bright blue light. Um, And yeah, it was... It was an experience. So did um, a hematologist come and see you or anything like like um he was he saw it seen by a pediatrician and they did a few sort of tests. Yeah. I still feel a bit vague about the whole process. I think we were all still in a bit of shock as to what was happening. Um because he was in this little crib, we didn't get many visitors as well. It was just yeah. us um and him getting pricked around the clock. Um so his poor little feet had all little marks on them. Yeah. Um and it was, yeah, it was just a matter of him weeing and pooing out this antibody, okay. which, mind you, once they're in the blue lights, it stinks, like, a lot. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the time passed. We were in there for, I'd say, eight, nine, ten days, roughly, thereabouts. Yeah. Um, we were discharged and that was it. Like, no one spoke about it again. We took a healthy boy home. Um, do they check your levels again or is there no need? No. So once you stop being pregnant, my teeter levels drop. So you're okay So, now. yeah. So, so you're all good. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> affect me in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Um, it's only really sort of when, it comes um, what, to when I become pregnant, it sort of starts to rise again. Um, and we learnt that with our third child that um, yeah, it happens so a lot faster. Yeah, so there was faster. a period of time and you weren't sure if you were going to have any more children. Yeah, so we won't. We, we joked uh, about it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, we weren't. We sort of thought, oh, this is good, like, you know, pigeon pair, you know, and I think most people thought that. If she's got a girl, she's got a boy, why would you want any more? Yeah. Um, and then I sort of started approaching that 35 
age, you know, is this it, is this not? Mind you, my eldest is very maternal and very helpful when it yes, comes to her is. baby brother. So I felt a little redundant um, in a way. Yeah. Um, so I sort of I had a chat to Pete and I said, oh, um, look, I think I might want another. Like, <laughs> And he was like, I'm happy with two, but if this is what you really want. Yeah. And I said, look, let me do the research. Um, I'm going to go see a haematologist, um, speak to them and see, see if this is actually on. possible. Because yeah. um, I thought to myself, if there was any risk to myself or this unborn baby, then it's not a path I want to take. Yeah. Um, so I did that. I made an appointment to a haematologist. Um, we had all our blood work looked at, mine, Pete's, um, both the kids, yep. um, to check sort of their levels um, and read back on what we had and they were able to trace all that. Um, and the haematologist has sort of explained to me that, you know what, it'll pretty much, if you were to have another, I re- highly recommend you seeing your obstetrician again. So very privately. Um, yeah, and um, and have a chat to them. I, th- I feel that it will be pretty much more or less the same as what you've experienced with your second. Yes. And we spoke about it and we thought, oh, actually. obstetrician? With, with Leon. With Leon, so David O'Callaghan yeah. um, at St. Vincent's. Um, so David's bedside manner is so chill. Like yeah. we, Pete instantly was calm. Yeah. Um, so when we went to see David to speak to him about is this possible, he was all over it. Like he knew exactly what it was, what we had to do. Yes. And that's when Pete said to me, if we're doing this, we're going to go private. Yeah. And it was more, and I was happy to do whatever situation sort of brought about. Um, So, yeah, so we put my private health insurance back on. We waited out our period um, and, yeah, and we started the private journey again with Leon, um, which was great, but then COVID hit. So, And COVID and your levels, did they change pretty quickly? Yeah, they did. So um, at 16 weeks pregnant, my levels were already at the stage where they were when Ollie was born. So it reached that level really, really fast. Yeah. Um, and it was just a matter of continuing to monitor. Yeah. Um, being COVID, I had to attend all the scans on my own. Yes. Um, and, yeah, all it was. blood tests. Yeah, blood tests. Well, I just sort of thought that's an in and out. That's fine. Um, it would be nice for, like, your partner to see your baby on the screen. Yeah. Um, Which but- is really, like, shit, yeah. This is your last. Yeah. And, you know, and it was It just- was. And it was also guilt as well. I thought I did all the research. I thought I, you know, I worked. Oh, you because of what you were yeah, going through. Yeah, yeah. I thought, yeah. you know, and as we know in medicine, not, sometimes things just don't go to plan and yeah. you get some road bumps and yeah. it's, you know, I wasn't, I was expecting it to be similar, but it wasn't. And, um, Did you think because time was space between the two? Well, I thought if, that was going to help me because I thought my body had like re-zeroed. <laughs> re-zeroed. Yeah, yeah, but um, it didn't. It um, it got worse, and it um, and I was like, oh my god, like what am I doing to this unborn child? And it's my antibodies killing off their red blood cells. Um, but again, like I was trying to be positive. Yeah. Um. But, you know, no matter how much research you do, no matter how much you read up on things, things can take a turn. You never went out of, you you trust, you've always trusted your team. Yeah, of course. So you never went like, oh my goodness, what do I do? Where am I looking? I'm not Mm. Googling. I'm not going outside, jumping on social media. You really, the team that you ever 
found. You mm. were like, I'm listening to what they've got to give yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Chemist Warehouse pick of the week is the Bambini Mini. Firstly, how super cute. I love the prints on these little onesies. Love, love, love. Every mum loves the double zips, guys, when it's easy for nappy changes. My also favourite part I love about this is, is the grip. Everyone knows slipping and sliding, little toddlers moving around. That super grip is easy for them to stand up on those certain stages. I love how they have the interfaces socks as well. You love a onesie that has your little socks. You don't have to go buy socks and mittens. It's all in one. It's organic cotton. You get them from birth all the way to 18 months. So cute. Look at, like, seriously, look at how cute these patterns are. And I think that's, I had that trust in David as well. Um, And I kind of, like... Not that having my second with this same condition um, prepared me any any better yeah. because it seemed like it was a lot worse as, as it was progressing. Yes. But um, it's just, yeah, it's, I don't know, it was all a bit of a head spin and it was just get this baby out safely. Yeah. So you kept having blood tests. Mm-hmm. Was there any talk that at any stage that things could change while you were pregnant? Yeah, so um, I was sort of, I was told if our levels reach a certain point, um, the baby may need um, a blood transfusion on the inside, um, which I knew that by entering into the baby through the placenta, oh, not through the, through like into the uterus um, and doing things that way, it puts everything at risk. It can also put you into premature labour. Yeah. Um, so it was just a matter of sort of staying positive. And it's it's amazing what the mind can do. Like if you think about it and think about all the bad stuff, yeah. um, it will be this massive rabbit hole of emotions of things going wrong. Yeah. Um, I know like pre, like before I had Sienna, I did miscarry as well. And I did a lot of Googling then. I did a lot of blame, like what I did wrong, um, you know, what I could have prevented. Did I work out too hard? Was my blood pressure too high? Was my blood, you know, my heart rate, was it too high? And I think even when I was pregnant the second time with Sienna, um, I monitored that so heavily. And even though it was a normal pregnancy, um, I was always watching my heart rate, making sure it wasn't going over a certain amount. I was making sure I was not eating anything that I shouldn't be eating. I I did all the stuff, like, you know, just. I know. It's like when you're pregnant. Like mm-hmm. it is this, you're carrying life, mm. so you then are questioning anything that you oh, can do sure. to change. And, uh, you know, I had complicated pregnancies and had mm. no water around yeah. my babies and I was like, can I drink? Can I do this? What can I do to mm. do? And it's just sometimes yeah. it's out of our control. And oh, so much, yeah. so much. I feel... <sighs> You know, you just have this responsibility to this child to do the right thing by them. Yeah. And I think because I had a bad experience with my first pregnancy, like I remember having um, a pregnancy massage. Yeah. And I was pregnant then, but I didn't realise I'd already lost the baby and I had the massage. And to this day, I can never go back there and get a massage. Like I I felt like I had to do stuff. Like I went and saw 
an acupuncturist that um, specialised in fertility. Like yeah. I thought it was me. Like I thought, okay, I can fall pregnant, but can I carry a baby full term? Yeah. Um, so even though my first pregnancy was a normal pregnancy and I delivered normally with no anti-E antibodies, the whole stress of just carrying a baby full term, yeah. um, it just weighed so heavily on me. And I remember um, being five weeks pregnant and I was away in New Zealand for a work conference and I was with a couple of work colleagues who just wanted, they were interested in doing some bar hopping, you know, having a few drinks. And I was like, oh my God, I can't tell anyone I'm pregnant. Like, you know, I wanted to keep it to me. Yeah. And then I remember calling Pete. I'm like, oh my God, I, I don't know if I can pull this off for five days. Like yeah. given that there's so much alcohol around, um, and so I had to tell them um, and one of my colleagues saw me through the whole miscarriage yeah. um, and what that sort of did to me mentally um, and they were really good about it. But I remember accidentally eating a bit of raw fish, like it was in and amongst whatever I was eating and I was I was in the toilet and like trying to make myself vomit, like to bring were, it back up. Like I was that petrified of any little thing um, and, yeah, and it's, it's scary. Like you just don't want anything to go wrong. So yeah, this was a normal pregnancy. Like there was no issues. And yet I created all these issues in my mind, trying to protect this baby because of what happened before. Because of the miscarriage. Yeah. And then you end up getting an anti. Yeah. And then you get a, <laughs> so, and then get and a then blood it, disorder. Yeah. And then there is something really wrong yeah. that we and have then, to monitor. And so then when yeah. it hit with the third really quickly. Mm. Yeah. Did you talk to Pete about it, what you were feeling? Yeah. Oh, look, through the process, I sort of, I tried to keep it just calm. Like, let's just take it as it comes. And we both really were supported by David and, you know, him being in there and him being so calm gave us calm, calm, that calmness. Um, In terms of scans and things, like, sure, I was there on my own and it was really good in the sense of I pretty much had the same person scanning each time and, um, yeah, yeah. we worked out that she couldn't press too hard because that made me feel really unwell as well. (laughs) (laughs) So it was was nice to have that consistency. How often did you get scanned as well? uh, So near the start it was sort of once a month and then it was like every – for Leon, yeah. yeah. And then it was, um, you know, every three weeks, every two weeks, every week towards the end. So yeah. um, it was nice to see him on the inside yeah. um, regularly, but then you were always holding your breath as to when they were scanning that blood vessel in his head to make sure that there weren't any signs of anemia because yeah. our goal was 37 weeks. Let's try and get you to 37 weeks and then we'll induce you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was... So there were talks about having blood transfusion, but we didn't mm. get there. We didn't get there as a fetus, no. Okay. Um, and then I came around to 37 weeks. Um, I spoke to David in terms of a birth plan. I said, look, my last experience was like horrendous. Like it all happened so quickly. Yeah. This is my last baby. I want to enjoy it. I, so we can't, we're still in lockdown, so Pete can still be there. Uh, Pete came to the first few um, yeah. As appointments. appointments, yeah, yeah, and I said to David, like towards the end, because he sort of he was focused on getting me to thirty-seven weeks. So we spoke about yeah. the birth plan when was you know the right time too. So it was late later on, yeah. um, and I said, look, I think I want an epidural um, and to enjoy this. It's my last pregnancy. Yeah. Um, 
you know, with Sienna, the cord was around her neck when she was being, when she was coming out of the birth canal. So, um, you know, the obstetrician had to cut that. Um, With the second, the cord was really, really short. So again, they had to cut that. And I thought, well, let's just enjoy it. We're never going to get to do this again. Um, But funny thing is the day came, we went into hospital and, um, and I was like, I almost chickened out to say, hey, can you, you give me that epidural? Really? Yeah. So I didn't say anything. And I thought, oh, maybe I'm just being a chicken. Like maybe I should just let it be, you know, yeah, even yeah. though in my head this entire pregnancy, <laughs> I've said epidural, epidural. So um, David sort of checked me and he went, oh, yeah, looking good, left. And then he pops his head back in and he goes, hey, did you want that epidural? And I was like, oh, <laughs> um, can you tell me just before it gets too late? And he's like, look, by the time it gets to that point, it often is too late. Yeah. If you want this epidural. so quickly. Yeah. He's like, I recommend it happening now. now. And I said, oh, you know, yes, please. And um, yeah, the anaesthetist came in and we had a bit of a laugh and I had the epidural yeah. and he was born really quickly, like within an hour he was here. Of the epi. Yeah. And I said to mum, I said. I love it how like some, obstetri- like, some obstetricians, they just. You can know by the fact that he said that and knowing that and being in the births that I have been in. Well, I don't know if I would have said yes if he hadn't come back in and checked because I was (laughs) questioning myself and my ability, like, you know, do I really want to do this or don't I? Um, But, yeah, I was like, you know what, I I really do. And it was the best birth, like, out of of all three. Like, it was calm, it was relaxed. Um, I managed to, like he even said to me, to you know, out. I can see like his shoulders have come through. Did you want to pull him out? And yeah. I said, yes. Yeah. So, and because um, with and, the epidural. And this time? Yeah, it was good. He got to cut the cord. Um, <laughs> because so, all the other cords were there. Yeah. It couldn't happen. No, it couldn't happen. So it was the first time. Oh, bless. Um, and we were all just so calm and it was just so like euphoric. It was yeah. It was a beautiful sort of moment. Yeah. Um, and he came out screaming, which was great because we didn't get that with Ollie. Yes. Um, Ollie was purple. Yeah. Um, and so he was responsive. He went straight on, onto my chest and it was just... Yeah, it was really, really nice. I was like, I just remember saying, I can't believe how small they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you forget, especially yeah. when you've had such a... Yeah, it's been five years and it's like, oh, my gosh, he's so little. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it he was, was really... He was smaller than the... He was. Um, he was the smallest of the three. Um, but that just happened with me, with each yeah. pregnancy. It, my babies were a bit smaller. Yeah. So, um, but, yeah, complete, completely healthy to, to the eye. Yeah. Like, he looked great. And then what happened? Um, we came downstairs, like I had a shower. Um, we went downstairs and um, within five hours he was in special care. So um, we couldn't wait. Like the urgency was there, which really yeah. makes me panic because we took blood, but yeah. we couldn't wait for the results. So did they take blood at the birth suite? Yes. Okay, yeah. yeah. Or was it downstairs? It might have even been yeah. downstairs when he was born. Um, and I remember thinking to myself, I'm going to just shower for a little bit longer so Pete can have him yeah, yeah. with him for a bit longer. Um, and, yeah, so I, I stayed in the shower for just that little bit longer and let him have his moment and let and him I'm dress him. And I'm getting teary, guys. You know why? <laughs> Bless I do cry to everyone. <laughs> Leon's my godson. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, the, the support you showed me um, through that time where I was just – 
elbows deep in this just was emotions. Before my doula days. Before your doula days, yes. Yeah. Just yeah. as I embarked on yeah. it though. Maybe you inspired me, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean you were you were calling me every other day or sending a text, making sure I'm okay. I you know, I was sitting there in special care, you know, with your mask on and holding your baby and thinking, oh, you know, there's yeah. someone like it was just such a surreal time because oh my God, I couldn't I, I felt guilty because I had two kids at home and they couldn't meet their baby brother. Yeah. Like I was I remember saying to Pete, no child should start this journey with their sibling, not being able to see them. No. Like I just felt it was so cruel. Yeah. Um and I understand why these yeah. rules were in place, but it, for me it was just like shit. We're stuck in this like little room with all these little babies. So does Pete know that you stayed in the shower? Is he yeah, yeah, to I, the podcast I, I, now? I think oh, I yeah. did. Like, <laughs> after three kids, my memory's a bit vague. But, <laughs> um, I, I feel like, um, yeah, I think so. Like it all just happened so quickly. We were yeah. in our room and and they did like this infrared test to check his levels. Okay. And they said, yep, they're too high. And they were like stripping him. And I'm like, hang on a minute. Can I just take one photo? This was pretty instant. I remember yeah. it was actually when you were still in the birth space. Yeah. 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 So I was like... I've got a birth plaque to say that he's here. <laughs> like I want, I've got his outfit. I yeah, want to yeah. take a photo you know, on, this swad- on this squad. <laughs> but they were sort of trying to rush me on to get him down there right now. Yeah. Like it had, we'd had him for five hours and it was nice because we did a video call with the, the kids, kids and they got to meet him and we told them yeah. his name and all that sort of stuff and they were cheering and it was just <laughs> so beautiful. Um, and then it was just like, let me put these clothes on to take a photo and then let me strip him down and off he went. To special care. Yeah. So it, <clears throat> did they do a blood test normal as like through the heel prick? Yeah, yeah, they did. Like how was Pete when that was all happening? Um, I remember going down you're, to special you're, care. You're used to medical, right? Yeah, yeah. This is all yeah. foreign to him. He's in the corporate world. Yeah. Like he doesn't understand yeah, No. <laughs> well, it was, I remember us going down and there was a, I think that night too where they had him on a table and they were poking and prodding him and trying to get his veins mm. um, and they just couldn't find any veins. They couldn't, he just wouldn't bleed. Yeah. Um, and... I remember coming back upstairs and like Pete just broke down and he's oh. like, is he going to die? And, and I was like, no, no, he won't, he won't, he'll be okay. And um, it's scary, like especially for someone that's so not familiar with what's going on yeah. and it's your baby yeah. and you just want them to be safe. Um, and it all just happened so quickly. It was a whirlwind. We were calling our parents that he's here. We we're calling his, you know, speaking to the kids. We spoke, spoke to our siblings and then he was gone. And the feeling being in a maternity ward in your room without a baby, yeah. I can't even explain it. Like just hearing babies cry all around you. And for me to go hear that, I have to go down, catch the lift, go downstairs wait for my time that he comes out from out from under these lights for me to hold him or feed him or for whatever it may be because I couldn't just come down for and a cuddle. Express. Yeah, and and I was just constantly expressing every three hours, every three hours. You couldn't, yeah, you couldn't cuddle. No, unless he was sort of out and that, like the nurses that work in special care are, they are not, next level. Are they not like, like real a, life angels? They really yeah. are. And they wear super capes, guys. Yeah, they wear oh, super we just capes. we got to know them so well, and 
while you can stay there and be there all the time, um, you know that when you're not there because you have two kids at home. So we would leave at around 11 midnight. So when you got discharged, you could. Yeah, yeah. yeah, That's another sinking, sinking feeling. Just walking out of the hospital without your baby, like leaving your baby behind. And you know that they're in the best place they could possibly be. Because you didn't have to leave Ollie. Did you? No, no, no. no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, And so we came home and I just, I couldn't even walk into his room, like into the nursery. I just broke down every time. I, it was just a room that wasn't entered at all. Um, And then I would miss like that midnight 3am feed and then I'd try to be back for that next feed. And you also, I'm just going to say one thing, you have a massive supply. Oh, an abundance, bre- yes. An abundance of <laughs> breast milk that you could basically feel, feel feed the whole maternity yeah, ward. Yeah, that was the running joke. I was like, I could feed the entire ward. Um, yeah. So, yeah, my that fridge just kept filling with milk. So, yeah. um, you know, when... When I was coming in, it wasn't obviously we didn't live too far from the um, hospital. the hospital, but um, because there was no traffic, because no one was allowed to drive, yeah, because uh, we actually got there really so quickly. So basically, he was quickly admitted into special care under the blue light, not mm. to be touched. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we, I had a little cuddle, like if he was fed, like if I could put him on the breast and yep. breastfeed him, and then put him back in. But it was no, it was. A lot of when I wasn't there, or even when they were, I barely changed. I reckon in that time that he was there, I might have changed one or two nappies. Okay. Like the special care nurses did all of it while he was in under the lights. Yeah. To try and give him the maximum. And he was on maximum lights from every angle. Yeah. Um, the thing that really rings home for me is one of the nurses would only do a stint once a week. Okay. And then she would do other things at other hospitals. Um, and we saw her and Leon and it was that night where they couldn't find his veins. Yeah. Um, or they could find the veins but they weren't bleeding. Yeah. Um, and I was just sort of watching him. It's sort of it's sort of like an out-of-body experience when you watch your baby just being poked and prodded and restrained on a table to try and get them And how to- many days old? Not even five hours. Oh, this was like oh, day bit, two. This was probably day, day two. two. Yeah, that yeah. night, and um, and we saw this one nurse, and you know she was lovely. And then we came back the next week, and she was there again. And she said to us at the time, she said, "You know how you have those little patients that you you leave work that night and you or that morning, and you think, I hope I see them next week." She said, "Oh, Leon was that baby for me," and I I just thought. Oh my God, like we were so close to him being shipped off to the children's hospital and being, you know, poked and prodded and having a blood transfusion. Like his levels had reached that high and his liver was just overwhelmed and he wasn't getting rid of this fast enough. Um, A few times he would try him in an open cot, um, but it was like these lights were artificially bringing down his numbers because as soon as we put him into an open cot, they shot back up again. He went back under the lights. Um, At about 10 days, 11 days old, um, his levels looked okay. Yep. Um, And one of the paediatricians said, look, you can take him home tonight Mm -hmm. on the proviso that you bring him back in the morning for a blood test. Yeah. And we did that and we came back. Like he got to meet Sienna and Ollie, but I could just tell he was just so sleepy. Like he just slept and he started to look really yellow, you know. Watch then, for yellow, watch for this. Yeah. And he had 
tick, tick, tick all the boxes. Um, and we brought him back and he was readmitted. And yeah. then they said he's not leaving now until we know for sure that he can go home. Um, so, yeah, that, it was nice but in a way to bring him home and to meet his siblings. But at the same time, it was very short-lived. It was only whatever hours. Yeah, and it wasn't long at all. Yeah, so. Um, speaking to you. Yeah, it it was hard. It was it was really really tough. And then the journey didn't end there. Like it was, watch for yellow. Watch for these levels rising. This we're looking at these levels. Yeah. And then once those levels were okay, we're watching for something else and watching that he doesn't get too pale and that you know, it's so he was fully discharged from pediatric care at seven months. So yeah. it was just this constant, you know oh, my gosh, will this ever end? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I mean, we've been so, so lucky and blessed that he is normal, healthy. This was just a time in his so life. the fact that they had this at that time, mm. when they have children. Yeah. So what does that happen? Basically so- once it leaves their system, so they literally get rid of it through as waste, okay. it doesn't affect them. Okay, yeah. but you have it. I have, like, if I was to have more babies, yes, yeah. it'll just probably get worse and worse. And I, at our eight-week post, you know, birth review yeah. or six or eight weeks? Six. Six, yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we sort of, we spoke to the obstetrician there and not that we wanted to yeah. have any more, but he's, you know, he sort of cemented that it's wise to leave it at three yep. just because of what had happened the second time round, yeah. um, and I probably wouldn't be able to carry a baby to 37 weeks without any intervention um, if it were to happen. But I guess you just you just never know with medicine, and you do you put your trust in in your sort of circle, yeah. Um, and that circle was very restricted because of COVID, so it was believe that or you know or Google, like yeah. Um, which I just and you're didn't lucky want you to. Didn't, you didn't go down that. No, no. Well, sometimes my mum would say, oh, I read this or I read that, like, you know, um, trying to be helpful. Um, But I just, I didn't want to go down that path. I was just sort of focused on bringing a healthy baby home. And I sort of, you know, I said, I remember saying with my second, you know, we got this far. We're we're not giving up now. Like we're at the finish line. We're going to bring this baby home. Um, So, yeah, all three babies, all very different, all, you know, yeah, some kind of stress level with each. Um, but Leon was and just testing. Both yourself and Peter very good at communicating together. Yeah, oh, which for helps. sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you, uh, well, that's it. Um, I think I am a talker. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> as, as you, you know, both, you both are pretty talker. <laughs> the both of you. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I think it it's was good. Just, you didn't in like even though that you knew you had to get through it, you would mm-hmm. still talk to Pete. Yeah. Which is important. Yeah. Like you weren't oh, just sure. game face on, that hat on all the time. No, I think because, I mean, there were some good days and there were some bad days. Like yeah. sometimes you just break down and I'd sit there crying and all you needed was one of the nurses to come and sort of rub you back and go, yeah. it'll be okay. Yeah. Um, and they knew when I was having a really tough time, they'd send me photos of him. Like if I'm, I wasn't there or I'm waiting for your mummy for your feed or because then I'd be like, I want to drop the kids at school. And then once that's done, They're I want to so, come in. Like it, special you care know, nurses are just oh, all nurses amazing. Are, but they're just. Yeah, they're, it was just without that, without that support. And I guess they're there for a reason. Yeah. Um, 
and they just know the right thing to say. Like sometimes I know when the when, even when the paediatrician was asking us what we wanted to do and I was yeah. like gobsmacked, I, I didn't have an answer yeah. um, because they're trying to work out how many lights to leave on yeah. or how many to turn off or whatever it may be. And obviously it's just... They sometimes that, just step in and go, and bam. D- obviously depending case to case in mm. medicine, they just have to try. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. I think one of the um, paediatricians said, look, we've never actually seen this go on for this long. Yeah. Um, so it was something new to them as well and how he was responding to the treatment. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's called like hemolytic disease of the fetus and newborn. Um, yeah. And, you know, and he got quite a few blood tests after he was discharged. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, it's heartbreaking watching that happen. Like you would take a blood test and anything over that. Like and it's like they knew they knew that they were going to get their feet pricked. Yeah. Um, and the yeah, resistance. Yeah. yeah. Like the moment they get laid down and you take off that jumpsuit to that find the foot. Yeah. yeah. But, but uh, I was going to say to you, so anyone that's like special care, mm. what's your biggest thing? Like if you go back and got advice, what would you, if you're going through or not knowing or being there or having family at home, like what was your biggest tool to pull on at that time? Um, I guess you have no choice but to have faith in these people that are looking after your child while yeah. you're not there. Yeah. And looking around and seeing these tiny babies yeah. and then watching them get discharged and go home um, and, you know, and the support these nurses provide you. Um yeah. And they just know it's like this sixth sense. They know what's next and what, you know, we had all these extra measures in place. I remember, um, so in that three weeks that Leon was there, um, like the rules had changed a little the day yeah. before he would, he was discharged, oh, yeah. which we didn't know he was going to get discharged the yeah. following day, but they started letting siblings in to special care. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we picked them up from school and they came in with us and they were so proud, like they were wheeling him out in his little cot into like the feeding room. Yeah. And, yeah, it was just so cute. Like I was just videoing it and they were just holding him. Yeah. And, um, but then the sad part was that we had to put him back and yeah. leave. Yeah. Um, but he had blood tests and all that over that next 24-hour period. And when we got there, they said, you know, you can go home like the next day. And I was like, I oh, couldn't believe it. Like yeah. I literally spent 15 minutes at the freezer, like taking all my milk out <laughs> <laughs> and we went home. But um, yeah, the journey didn't end there, but at least he was home and he was at a stable level and, you know, the non-sleep could begin, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's interesting too because I have people say, oh, your baby's in special care, you get to sleep. But you still have to get up. And no, I still got up. I still set my alarm and I still expressed. Pump. Yeah, you yeah, have to. You yeah. have to bring in what they would be yeah, feeding. So exactly. People don't understand that just because your baby's in special care, you're sleeping mm. and, you know, you get to enjoy it. It's not the case yeah, at yeah. all. No, so, no. You know. And your mind is elsewhere as well. You're, not, you're never, not you're never fully sleep. switched off. Um, but, yeah, I was still sitting still my alarm. Right? No. <laughs> do, you, do you have three kids? Do you still switch off? No. no. <laughs> That's why I you run yeah. 10Ks a day every day. <laughs> I just, um, yeah, it's it's a different worry as they get older. 
And I'm sure it will be a different type of worry when they hit 18 again. But, um, yeah, you never stop. You never stop from the moment you're told you're pregnant. You never stop worrying and you just want what's best for them. You still do, but you're very calm. (laughs) Mum of three. You know, I call you all yeah. the time and we, we, we chat all the time and you, we you, do, but you yeah. are very much that person. <laughs> when you get something, you've got to like, what am I doing and this is what I've got to face. And Yeah. You know, but you've got the support of, you know, Pete and, and your friends and your yeah, family. Yeah, uh, exactly. I mean, I couldn't have done it on my own, obviously. Like it was just, it does take a village from day one. Um and, yeah, I'm Both. very grateful for your support. I mean, the phone calls and, and the texts and the checking in um, just to make sure that I'm okay because you never think about yourself in those situations. You yeah. just want the baby to be okay yeah, and you yeah, want to bring them home. Worrying about, and sometimes it's not that, it's like that question's like, how's the baby? Mm. And you're like, oh, yeah. yeah, I'm good too. Yeah, yeah like it, you don't even know that they want to but they yeah. forget like how are you and Pete? Yeah. Like how yeah. are you? Going like you know how are you? I think that's the biggest thing, and I think um, I think people just—it's the little bubble. It's like when they come visit, they come oh, visit yeah, baby, for sure. and they forget yeah. about mum and dad. Yeah. But <laughs> you know, it was—it's important, and they say it takes a village to raise a child, but it also yeah. takes a village to support a mum. So it's yeah, um, for parents. Sure. So, but I wanted to say thank you because your case is—you know—it's not a very common thing. And and I remember you were going, should I come on the podcast? I'm like, yeah, because there's so many different aspects of birth and pregnancy. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And it's not always straightforward and things can change and Mm -hmm. develop through pregnancies and you birth different ways and you had inductions and you birth private and public and Mm -hmm. all those sorts of things. But it's um, never no stories not being shared. Exactly, and and you just don't know who's going through what, and it's never as simple as you know. You go into pregnancy, I think, initially quite naive. You yeah. just fall pregnant and you have the baby. Yeah. Um. But so many things can happen that are out of your control, and I think mindset is so big in all of this, and how you know you approach things. Um. And that was what got me through, like just thinking about this will be okay, we'll be okay, we'll take it as it comes. Um, And, yeah, and while you're in it, it's like it's horrible. But, you know, looking back on it, he's three and a bit. It's, you know, I like to explain It's like a vortex of like layers of different things that are definitely happening. And at the time you're just like you're in it and and you think it's never going to end, but it does. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's, um, yeah, and having that support, you know, with Pete and obviously you're different to how he was seeing mm. it at the time. Yeah. yeah. And it's always going to be different. From and that's the thing. I remember saying that. Um, for me, someone that goes into a hospital and a theatre and knows a lot of this medical yes. stuff, let's call it, to, there'll be there's so many women birthing that have no idea and you just trust what they say is yeah. correct. Um, you know, gut feelings are a bit, big thing as well, but you do need to have that circle of trust and have those people that you want in your camp to support you through everything um, is really important. Yeah. Um, Gets you through. Yeah. yeah We're still sure. in the camp, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you and for I know having we me. Could, like talk for ages. Yes. But um, <laughs> thank you and um, 
you're an inspiration and I hope someone out there that's listening to this and if they're going through it or heard of a case, then it, you never know what is around and what people are going through. And so yeah. thank you for sharing your story. No, thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks. This podcast is brought to you by Chemist Warehouse. For more, join our Facebook group, The Modern Doula.